Mark Paul gently touches my I gasp from He looks up and down I'm going to he says don't move <laughs> you're a waste <laughs> That's what he gets for having me out there. <laughs> okay. Hi, Bim. Hi, Nicole. <laughs> How are you today? Do you know what? I'm full of beans. <laughs> what does that mean? That means I'm excited and up for this. Have you never oh, heard that expression? No. Someone being full of beans? No. Like jumping beans? No, just beans, fam. Beans, caffeine? I don't know, just beans. I have never heard of that. That's, I, I don't know, it, it feels British. <laughs> it might be. But I can't believe Americans don't have that. Oh, I'm full of beans? No, nothing? I have not heard it. You people are weird. <laughs> All right. Well, you're the one saying full of beans and don't know what kind of beans. <laughs> My boy, okay, fine, baked beans. Okay. There you go, full stop. All right. Are that you happy? gassy, but all right. I that's why that it's... But that's the whole point, I suppose. It, you're propelled oh. to do stuff. Oh, gassy, floating. That's not what I said. But anyway, <laughs> how are you? <laughs> I'm okay. I'm okay. Um, yeah, I'm excited about this episode. We're going to be talking about someone in yet another of our randomly new categories called Earned It, as in <laughs> um, someone that we have mentioned before uh-huh. in previous episodes. Uh-huh. And then we realize, you know what? He has earned a full episode. Yes. I'm going to pause here so we can all mentally play the weekend's Earned It. Yes. There you go. And uh, see. Okay, great. Yes. yes. He has earned it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And it's been a long time coming. Yeah. Lol. <laughs> I didn't even I didn't even do anything. I just said some words. Since we were tweens and teens. That's the thing. Um, yeah. Who are we talking about, Nicole? We are talking about Mark Paul Gosselar. Mm. Listen, yeah. I don't know. I'm of a certain age. That means that I was a prime um, audience member, a prime viewer mm-hmm. of Saved by the Bell. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying I watched it religiously, mm-hmm. but I had a good idea of who everyone was. I could pick up people and give I, I could name who they were I knew right. who they were yeah same as mm. I've mentioned you know too many times probably um, I am not really big on teen stuff even no. when I was a teen no so it was <laughs> you've long been an auntie <laughs> I really have um, so I you know of course I recognized that I was a part of that target audience mm-hmm. and I watched it enough to get the um, big episodes that have you know stayed in pop culture mm-hmm. Um mm pop culture memory like the the jazz cigarette episode yeah (laughs) there's nothing that 90s sitcoms love more than guys i think it's time we talked about marijuana every time and it's like all right and when jesse was on uh amphetamines Mm -hmm. you know i'm so excited i'm so scared uh that episode uh, <laughs> that's literally everybody's experience with amphetamines is, I'm so excited I'm so scared it's like how do we pass this for the kids I, you know what shout out to every TV is hard to make yeah and we saw how hard that shit was yeah. <laughs> watching those episodes you're like oh this is bad <laughs> but bless everyone for trying uh, yeah so I recognize that Zach Morris was supposed to be you know the epitome of what we were supposed to 
be attracted to as teenagers. Yeah, they gave us all the signposts, right? Yeah, but it didn't work for me. So I, it was not a show that I sat with, mm-hmm. uh, um, you know, for a long time outside of, you know, oh, it happened to be on. Let me look at it and then I'll just keep going. Mm-hmm. Um, but I didn't really start paying attention to him until he was an adult and he got these, you know, more, I don't want to say more substantial roles, but he was clearly trying to break away from Zach Morris. Around the mid 90s, he began to kind of like, you know, try other things mm-hmm. and then Finally, I think he hit his stride when he got on to NYPD Blue. Yes. Right. Okay. <laughs> Look at you. Your eyes got all big. Now, I didn't watch, again, I didn't watch NYPD Blue faithfully. Mm-hmm. But when I did watch it and he was on. <laughs> you sound like an advertiser. Like, now, I don't use just any ice cream. But when I do eat some ice cream, I make sure it's that Zach Morris shit. Yeah. He was broad-shouldered. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. he was, uh, he still was blonde in whatever way. Yeah. Um, and I also, I think, you know, they showed his butt in one scene. <laughs> I love the things that you remember. <laughs> and you know I'm not a butt person, you but I remember how, person. like, scandalous it was yeah. that Zach Morris was showing his butt on yeah. network TV. My favorite thing about all of this is that not once if you said ass and you just keep saying butt, <laughs> like he's still in Saved by the Bell. That's pleasing me on a very fundamental level. But yes, no, you're completely right. Here's, what I think, here's one of the things mm. I liked about about this first of all his name mm. he had the plainest <laughs> whitest name he was detective john clark jr you know and that actually sounds it sounds like a very black name to me oh really yeah that like, sounds like fucking white rice to me no. john clark but yes um so he he was like for me like this kind of like you said he filled out he had like these shoulders they put him in some truly atrocious suits mm-hmm. it was a very special time um but i think in terms of like his um what's the word i'm looking for he had heft. Yes. Like he was, he, he had clearly kind of was like, all right, no more Zach Morris. I'm looking yes. to the future. Yes. And his face was kind of steely. And I imagine him landing on set. He was like, oh, these are real actors doing real things. <laughs> so he just I'm got so, into so it. Tickled. I'm thinking about him on that show. And it reminds me a little bit of when um, Anthony Michael Hall appeared on the, appeared in the movie um, Edward Scissorhands. Uh-huh. And at, before that, we only knew him from, you know, 16 Candles. Right. And the John Br- Hughes times. The, yeah, yeah, when he was the, the nerdy boy that no one paid attention to. He was very slight. Then he shows up in Edward Scissorhands and he is this big bully. Yeah. You know, he is broad shouldered, yeah. meaty, and no one knew how to respond to him because we had, it was such a disparate mm. um picture from what we knew of him before i think what really got me for that for example which i think applies also to mark paul gosler is i think what surprised me was not so much the the difference but just how well he inhabited the difference yeah because the thing about the character the bully character in in edward scissorhands is that you're kind of like huh that's convincing no i believe that yeah and i think that's that was the thing with mark paul gosler suddenly you're kind of like oh no he's he's not zach morris oh he's oh he's an actor like he's not just a kid doing like kid things he's an actual artist he's doing work (laughs) oh okay and i think that for me was like again i didn't watch i didn't watch a lot of nypd blue it was kind of like a point when i wasn't really into kind of like police procedurals Mm -hmm. um 
But but you know, I remember seeing him and thinking, oh no, I recognize his face, and then kind of getting involved in his episodes and thinking, oh yeah, he's acting, he's doing stuff, and he was good. Like they again, like you said earlier about them putting him in like ensembles, mm-hmm. um, and him kind of being comfortable in an ensemble. Yeah, this was very much like he was very much um a, one of many. Yes, and I think that really suited him. I think yeah. it allowed him. I I think you can, if you watch those episodes, you can see his skill as an actor growing. Yes. That's hot, man. Can yes. I just say that? <laughs> I just want to put that out there. When somebody gets better at something and you're watching them get better, whew, get me a cigarette. Right, because, Ooh. you know, as Zach Morris, he had to be a little broad, right? He mm. was young. He, you know, the show laugh tracks and all this kind of stuff. So you have to play it up really big. But when he started shows like NYPD Blue Mm. and you kind of have to be a little bit more subtle, Mm. even when you're in these outlandish situations that police procedurals put you in. I think that really helped, um, as you said, helped him learn how to act you, you know like no, for I, sure i, I don't yeah. want to say that because he was obviously a grown man and whatever and yeah. he had been doing this for a while yeah um but still when you are put in certain situations you do have to expand that's the thing it's it's leveling up and mm-hmm. i i think i think about that i think about it in terms of hey i can apply it to my own career i think you know it's fine i was writing whatever mm-hmm. But, I, you know, I had a very specific editor who I know for certain changed the course of my writing and my career. Mm-hmm. Doesn't mean I wasn't writing before and writing good stuff before. It just means you kind of tap into a new level of your own ability because you're being nurtured in a very different way. Right. And I think that was a clear case for him. Like, it, his, he, it felt to me like his real self kind of sort of matched the journey of his uh, fictional character because this guy comes in, he's like this young person. He has this legacy of his father. Mm-hmm. You know, he's, he's clearly striving to be, quote unquote, better than his father mm-hmm. and trying to get where he wants to go and he gets taken under the wing of Sipowitz and I think that's really something that I was like ah now looking back on it I'm kind of like huh I wonder if that feeling of being paired with this older gruffer detective you know this guy who's been doing it he's been on the streets Mm -hmm. and so on that feels like a fantastic kind of funhouse mirror to Mark Paul Gosselaar leaving something like Saved by the Bell which has huge cultural uh, cachet it's it's gone everywhere in the world and now he's kind of like now I can settle down and actually do some acting right and when he started on uh, NYPD Blue it was in season 9 yeah so he was coming into something very well established. Right. You know, and that's a lot of pressure because what mm-hmm. if he comes in and everybody hates his character? Listen. And then the show is canceled or, you know, that's it's a, a risk. <laughs> it is very much a risk. Yeah. But he came in um, and stayed until the show went off the air. Till the end. Yeah. Till the bitter end. <laughs> and I'm proud of him for that. And then, okay, so he did some things between that. NYPD Blue went off the air in 2005, and he showed up in a lot of different things Mm -hmm. um, around there. But it wasn't until around 2011 Mm. when he starred in Franklin and Bash. Right, with Brecken Meyer. With Brecken Meyer. From Clueless. From Clueless, Who has truly the face of a stoner. Can I just say, sometimes you see a a face. A stoner elf. I mean, yes. (laughs) A stoner elf. Yeah, he has like a, he has a Christmas energy that I enjoy. Yeah. He's like, he's like weed father Christmas. Yeah, Mm -hmm. I like, I like him a lot. Yeah. So, you know, it's kind of broad comedy, Mm -hmm. but in reality, you know, they're professional. The actual right. lawyers who have a job. Right. But they're kind of like jokey. Um, it feels like a bastard child of Ali McBeal. Yeah. You know, yeah. kind of like it's wacky, but it's the law. <laughs> they're very much bros. And uh, Mark Paul 
definitely leans into I'm a grown man now with a grown man body in this in this show. <laughs> he was constantly shirtless. Like when they weren't in the courtroom, he they they had it. They lived together on a beach house. So he was out on the beach. You know, of course, he was surfing or, Naturally. you know, his uh, the one piece suit, the wetsuit would be rolled down. So, he, you know, he shirt- you could see the V of yeah. his abs. Yeah. yeah. His chest was out. And then you could see the little what do they call it? The Adam Adonis belt. Yes. Yeah. All that. Right. Yeah, I love how I said that emphatically. Yes. <laughs> it's called the Adonis belt. Let me drink some water. Jeez. Yeah. Oof. Hold on. Um <laughs> And, but it was very. It was interesting. I like the show uh, because I like shows like that. I like the law procedurals. I like the little goofy. I think they call them like sunshine shows or something like that huh, on like okay. USA and TNT, where everything is always very bright and sunny. Like the you know, um, and the adventures are humorous and all this <laughs> kind of stuff. Right. Um, but it was interesting to see these two men from these teen classics, right? Mm. You know, you've got Clueless and Saved by the Bell come together to show we're actually adult men now. And even yeah. though we still enjoy having a good time, maybe you should think about us in a different way. Um, but it was an interesting show. You know, some of it really grew on me because, you know, and to be honest, it was less about MPG and Birkin and it was really more about Garcelle Beauvais. She was in there. Yeah. And I was like, oh, there's a black woman in this. Fine. I guess I'll watch. Mm-hmm. And I did. And she was fun. And, yeah. you know, she kind of was like the straight woman to their right, wacky you know. whatever. And stern. Yeah, I Not know. quite angry black woman, but, no, you know. But stern. Yeah. She was angry adjacent. Yeah. You know, always ready. Yes. She never quite got there. She was there. ready to read somebody for filth. That's what she would... That's she was, it. That was her job. She was like almost sassy, but not. And it was like, right. oh, I guess this is what we're getting. Mm-hmm. So I think Mark Paul's thing is that he is... Um, yeah, he's very charming. And then you add in all the other bits that make him so hot. So the fact is, he has a miraculous head of hair. And I know it's miraculous <laughs> because there is still hair, even though he yes. was dying that shit yes. for Saved by the Bell. If you can survive years of dying your hair right. and you emerge and on the just, other side. Not just dying, but blonde. Right. When you're going from being a dark haired person to right. being a blonde. That's work. That's a lot of work. It is. And, you know, it looks still, it looks still thick that's what i'm saying so let's add it up he has like this effortless beautiful almost physical charm Mm -hmm. he has this great head of hair Mm -hmm. let's talk about his face his face Mm. you know now that he is fully a grown man he's (laughs) he's, he is a (laughs) husband and father and we respect that at this yes shout out to you yes family man (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and he has settled in, like, the weight has settled on his face. And again, I don't, I you know, it's just, it's nice. <laughs> it's just... Never has the word nice been so pregnant with meaning. It's nice. He looks in your Gollum voice. Yeah, he looks comfortable in his skin, mm-hmm, you know, mm-hmm. with where he is. And obviously we've seen his body change over the years. Yes. Um, but he looks satisfied with who he is right now is it and him that, is, it, is it him who looks satisfied or is it you nicole <laughs> and i i like that a lot and yeah. that he like this is my body and i'm gonna find roles that will suit my body instead mm-hmm. of maybe trying to do a lot of drastic changes that right. a lot of actors have to do which is yeah. fine yeah whatever decisions you make with your body is your choice mm. um but i i like his face yeah. now that he is older which is not to say that it was drastically different from when he was younger no. but I think him letting the blonde go yeah. and that he's going dark haired now and that yeah. he has that big old thick beard Yeah, that, so listen that beard is um, 
the first okay so what we've done here is effortlessly move into the <laughs> the meat <laughs> of perhaps the, the the big part of our attraction to, to yeah. mark paul Gosler. oh my gosh that's what he looks like a big old turkey leg yeah <laughs> You know, you know in those medieval like movies yes! where a king has like a crown on his head and he's he's got like a a, a tankard of mead yes! and then a turkey leg in the other. Mark Paul Gosler is both the king and the turkey leg. Like yes! he just exactly. Thank you so much for seeing yes. my vision. That's exactly. I'm sorry, I didn't no, mean jump on in. That's where I was going. He looks like he looks like a cartoon steak. Like he's so he's so so thick, and that beard I think really did something. And yeah. nowhere have the things met more than in the sadly much missed, oh my god, so oh, missed, man. so mourned TV show on Fox called Pitch. Ugh. let's just pour one out. I'm, I'm pouring out several, Ugh. and I'm not talking about booze. Um, <laughs> all I'm saying is, <laughs> all I'm saying is, Pitch meant. So much more than its short lifespan would have you believe it could mean. So much more. Um, so on the show Pitch, we have Jenny Baker, who is the first woman to play uh, for the San Diego Padres. Yes, she's a black woman. She's, she's a black woman. She's played by Kylie Bunbury. Yes, who we love and adore. Love. Mark Paul played Mike Lawson, mm. <laughs> a 15-year veteran. Who was a catcher? Yeah. He now was. let me just say, mm-hmm. um, I don't normally watch baseball. My father, my uncles played baseball. They tried to get me into it when I was younger, but I am not athletic in <laughs> when it comes to sports anyway. No. <laughs> <laughs> but because even though I don't like men's butts, I like men to have big old thighs. All right, so mix a lot. <laughs> even though I don't like butts, <laughs> and. Mike Lawson mm. was a catcher, which <laughs> means that he was constantly squatting and building up those big old thighs. <laughs> One more time. That's what now? <laughs> no, I'm not saying it again. <laughs> the Tennessee jumped yes. out. <laughs> so to see Mark Paul mm. in baseball baseball uniforms, mm-hmm. or even when they would be in, you know, in, in the, the locker room, yeah, yeah you know, yeah. and he'd have on his um boxer briefs which are incredible thank you to whoever invented those shout out to you boy listen listen (laughs) so and he had that beard so i i watch pitch like i have no interest or knowledge uh about baseball Mm. and then pitch (laughs) happened Mm -hmm. and i was like bruh i've never been more interested in learning what the fuck this game is how can i get involved tell me more about your thighs I'm interested in your uniforms. What's going on? Yes. Yes. Um, Listen, Mike Lawson. So when Pitch was on the air, I I actually had dreams about Mike Lawson. Oh. Yeah, they were... were, (laughs) Mostly we were at breakfast. But my point is... (laughs) My point is, he's such uh, an overwhelmingly attractive prospect in this. Yes. Like, he's kind of gruff. Yes. He's very stern. Yes. You know, he's someone who clearly is on the edge of being shook because his career, the end of his career is in sight. But also, Ginny is like a a new variable in Mm -hmm. a path that I think he had already kind of perfectly mapped out. Mm -hmm. He's post-divorce and he's still in love with his ex-wife. Yes. So there's like layers in there that make you kind of think, God, this guy has a lot of things kind of going on. And they come in the package of... And so you're looking and you're kind of thinking, God, this guy is everything I didn't know I wanted. Right. And he really epitomized Mark Paul 
Mike, Mike Lawson epitomized what Mark Paul, his charm is. Mm. Because you see that Mike and Mark Paul, they have all these things on the list that you're supposed to like. Uh-huh. And you kind of, I don't want to say you resent it, but you're just like, eh, I've seen that before. Right. But then, you know, he's he does something. He gives you like a little I inside see, joke. I see, I see. And you, you become charmed. And you're like, oh, no, I don't want to fall for the high school quarterback or whatever. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, yes. That's what, yes. so. You really distilled that, yes. Yeah. Like, he feels like, yes, it should be. What's the word I'm looking for? It should feel a little bit kind of like predictable. Yes. And then he upends that predictability by yes. being more than the thing that you had thought. Exactly. That is so spot on. Oh my God, you're a fucking analyst. <laughs> That's perfect. I want to play this clip. I need to set it up a little bit for you. Mm. So um, this is in um, episode eight because unfortunately, again, there was only one season. Listen. But uh, one of the teammates realizes that he has a crush on Jenny. Oh, yeah. I love this scene. <laughs> oh, 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 oh. Oh, sorry. I'm getting quite hot in the chest. Oh, my God. I love this scene. And, okay. So there Wait, is... Nicole, sorry. I'm no, getting... I feel uncomfortable. I'm no. getting goosebumps. No, no, no. I love this scene so much. Oh, my God. Go on. So this scene has the young man who thinks that he has a crush on Jenny. Yeah. It also has um, a character named Blip, who is one of Jenny's really good friends. He's kind of like a big brother to her. Mm-hmm. And it also has Mike Lawson. Mm-hmm. Okay? And so Mike is trying to tell this person, you you don't like her. Yeah. Okay, so that's that's where we're going to be with this clip. I think that's a good setup. Set okay. Omar, you have a crush. No, man, this is for real, all right? I've had a thing for her since I played with the Cardinals. Come on, man. How much do you even know about Jenny? I know that when she's around, I can't think straight. Uh-huh. Did you know that she hums Katy Perry songs when she stretches and not in key? That she loves grape soda and hates cilantro and can spend almost a half hour explaining why? No. I do. Because I've spent about a hundred more hours talking to her than you. And I'm not falling in love with her. Blip goes back five years with her, back in the minors. He's not leaving his wife anytime soon for Jenny. You're not in love because you don't know her, and she sure as hell doesn't know you. Is that what she's been humming when she's working out? Katy Perry? That's how off-key she is. But if you listen carefully, it's the worst rendition of Firework you've ever heard. point is, you don't have feelings. Okay, we're done here. <laughs> okay. Okay. Mike just told on himself. He... Look at all the stuff that he knows about Jenny. Like, <laughs> you don't know that shit unless you are Jenny. Yes. Uh, he has been paying careful attention to her. I'm telling you, man, there's nothing hotter. Oof. So number one, he's revealing how much he knows Jenny. And you could... <clears throat> And number two, he's trying to check this guy, Omar, the teammate, like, no, stay away. Stay the fuck away. And he doesn't even realize he's saying stay the fuck away. He just knows that he's like, no, you can't have Jenny. And I think what's interesting also is that he hasn't yet, in doing this, he hasn't envisioned himself as Jenny's person. Yes. He's just like kind of going, that's a ridiculous thing. This is team unity. Stop doing this, Omar, blah, blah, blah. And I think there's something about that moment, because if you look at that clip, Blip mm-hmm. is looking at Mike like, are you hearing yourself? Right. <laughs> like, these aren't just the observations of a good captain. Like, right. bruh, I think you're trying to be something a little bit more. And you can see that for him. He's like, wait, huh? Wait, huh? Yes. Like, he snaps out of it like, oh, shit, I've said too much. <laughs> 
right. Which again is so wildly, wildly attractive. I just love it so much. And like Omar looks so kind of like chastised, like, oh, I guess I don't know. And I guess, yeah, it is a crush. But like they're all having the same conversation, but they're all in very different places. Mm -hmm. And for Mike, it's like this moment of just like, oh, shit. Yes. I love that scene so much. Thank you for bringing that up. Um, Of course. And it's interesting because, you know, as we mentioned, Fox took a long time to decide whether or not they were going to cancel it. Mm -hmm. And, you know, we were trying to figure out and I tweeted Mark Paul um, this was way back in December 2016 Mm -hmm. and I was just like hiya how long will it take you to grow back the Mike Lawson daddy beard god I hate that word so much (laughs) I know (laughs) but he did not because he responded and said about three months you know what's amazing to me is that somehow we have inadvertently become the podcast where we ask men about their beards (laughs) And then the men answer. And I'm not yes. mad at it. It's, it's a, quite the legacy to have. But shout out to you for your investigative skills Listen, at the time, Nicole. I, you know, I need to get into the hair discussion. <laughs> um, so, yeah. So, pitch on Fox. Then Mark Paul was on another Fox show called The Passage, where he was helping this young black girl who, I don't know, she could be the reason for the world. I don't know. She could save the world with her blood. It, yeah. it was a complicated story. It was. Yeah. Um, he was like an FBI agent or something yeah. like so that. So he had lots of like standard issue suits. Like yeah. very kind of like, but I tell you, he made those cheap fucking government suits look just nice. Because again, there was heft to him. Like that grown man weight yes. was working. And, yes. and also, and I'm sorry to be basic, but if you are a well-built dude... And you're out there protecting a girl, a little a little girl, and that little girl is black. I'm just some feelings get activated, okay? Like I just kept thinking, oh, I guess I guess he'd really look out for our daughter. Wait, what? But like, <laughs> I'm not. <laughs> I am as God made me, aka simple and thirsty. But I remember watching that show because, again, at the back of my mind, bearing in mind the fact that you know he did Franklin and Bash, mm-hmm. he did Pitch, mm-hmm. did the Passage, and at the back of my mind, straight away, my cancellation meter was going crazy. Right? Are they right. going to cancel this shit? Yeah. Because this man is the inadvertent king of cancelled shows. Mm-hmm. And shows that actually had legs and could go somewhere. Yes. So I was like, okay, fine. Pitch, you were in there. There was a potential. You, pitch ended on a bit of a cliffhanger. This is mm-hmm. a spoiler. There was like some leaning and it could have been. Ugh, a, listen, it was so steamy. My mouth is again just like <laughs> wet. Just, just, just And I thinking. will say Ooh. that, you know, obviously there was some age difference between Mike Lawson and Jenny Baker. And the show acknowledged that, mm-hmm. you know, and everything. So it's again, it's kind of like, uh, you don't really want to go for it but at the same time Jenny was well over 21 yes well you know um but it's still just like yeah there was potential for ickiness yes and I think they acknowledged it ahead so that you felt that way and you know he was also her captain and it's like that's kind of there's some authority stuff happening exactly but here's the thing they had such chemistry and they actually talked they, they, they were they were becoming friends in a very different way that kind of helped you kind of think huh Maybe after he retires, they could pick up. Like, yes, you know. because he would call her. Yeah. Mike would call Jenny at night. And that's how they would end their night together, talking on the phone. Just like he would help her decompress from the day because yeah. he understood that she was going through. It was a lot of pressure yeah. on her as this first black woman playing it in the was. major leagues. It was. it was a lot. And so he would just talk to her, soothe her. Mm-hmm. It was 
beautiful. It was absolutely stunning. And that same soothing voice is how he spoke to this little girl on the passage. Like, yes. you know, she there was a lot of pressure on her. She was being hunted. He had been assigned to it. And then he kind of like switched allegiances. And there was there was just so many was- little things happening. And again, by the way, Mark Paul was delivering on the acting. Like, yes. he was... He, I looked at him and I was like, he really loves that little girl. He's gonna save her, man. This is great. Like I was so, I was so oh, all the way in. My God. And look, we cannot look. This doesn't mean anything, but not. it means something. There you go. That that's that science. <laughs> it doesn't mean anything, but it does mean something. Correct. Mark Paul Gosselar has made a lot of his big. Um, moments uh-huh. in Hollywood yeah. have been television shows where he has starred with a black woman or right. a black girl. Yes. Saved by the Bell with Lark Voorhees. A.K.A. Lisa Turtle. Yes. Then um, we just talked about Franklin and Bash. Garcelle. Uh-huh. Then we have Pitch. Kylie Bunbury. And then there is Senea Sidney, who was the um, young girl on The Passage. Yes. So... Obviously, he doesn't have very much control over casting. It no. doesn't mean anything, you know, whatever. But the fact that he has made these television shows mm-hmm. where for, you know, at least two of them, he has been in a kind of mentor slash protecting role over these black women and mm-hmm. black girls. That's it like, doesn't mean anything, but it's something. Here's the thing. Like, I'm looking at this purely as a viewer and as an enjoyer of television. Mm-hmm. It doesn't mean anything. People get cast in all sorts of things, whatever. Right. But me watching this as a black woman, as someone who was previously a black girl, again, it doesn't mean anything. And, of course, if this is colored by the fact that I fancy Matt Paul Gosselaar. So, of course, my, my, <laughs> my feelings are not exactly, uh, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? You know, they're not dispassionate. Mm-hmm. There is, there's quite a bit of passion involved, actually. But I do think that there is something to be said for the simple fact that he exists in this world and his job at every turn seems to be to be uplifting that black woman or that black girl. And yes, I know they're writing roles for him to do stuff as well, whatever. But like, I'm just like, it makes me feel a little bit warmer to him. Like, I just think to myself, this means nothing. But me as a fan, I'm going to carry this in a tiny little pouch next to my heart. Yes. And just revisit it from time to time. It doesn't mean anything. Yes. And now he's on Mixed Dish. Right. Playing a white husband yes. married to a black woman. Father um, of three biracial children. Yes. Again, it means nothing. It means nothing. <laughs> but it means something that his <laughs> wife is played by Tika Sumter, who is my complexion. Just a beautiful, beautiful brown. She's just, just like... Undeniably brown. She is smooth like a... Ooh, I, Tika is... She's, she's, she's gorgeous. She's oppressively beautiful. Yeah. Like, I look around, I'm kind of like, ah, oh, this right. bitch again. And you look at her and it's like the sun. The like, sun. you're really just like, oh, it's too much. It's too much. She is stunning. <laughs> she has these beautiful eyes, the eyebrows, the hair, this beautiful forehead. Let me just stop. My point yes. is, yes. That's, that, that beautiful woman... Has a husband who is Mark Paul Gosselaar, who, by the way, he's grown his hair back, which I guess, but right, I, I like it. It takes place in the 80s. Yes, uh, right, the, the 70s and the 80s. 70s and 80s. So. And it's like, yeah, I guess everyone was a hippie back then in some capacity, but like, oh, I miss the short hair and I miss the beard. He has like like some kind of like bum fluffy Yeah, it's a weird scruff. thing yeah. with sideburns. It's not his best work, right. Nicole. It's not his best work. It's not work. very flattering for him, but no. you know, that's the point. That's, of, exactly. You know. He's like a feckless, jobless hippie. Yeah. 
But here's the thing. Like Nicholas mentioned, he, again, he's he's partnered with this beautiful black woman. He's father to uh, three biracial children. I just want to bring something up that we last mentioned in the Jake Gyllenhaal episode um, about, you know, <laughs> or even the Chris Pine, the, when we did our Chris's show. Mm-hmm. A strong black father, even when he is not a black man. <laughs> I know this is flawed, but my point is he's the father. <laughs> he's the father to three black children. And that does something for me personally speaking like i'm just kind of like huh i'm getting an inadvertent glimpse into an alternate reality where me and mark paul hit it off after meeting in a cafe (laughs) and it turns out you know we wanted to build a life together and have some children i'm like huh i guess he'd be a good dad that's that's my one glimpse into this you know who needs a time machine i've got a brain and i got some eyes So Mark is playing the son of this wealthy, conservative, you know, old man who, you know, as they say in the show, loves his brown grandchildren, but is essentially, you know, wildly racist. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Just putting that out there. Um, And yes, he's playing white. But the thing is, of course, Mark Paul Gosler himself has mixed heritage. Right. His mother is Asian. She is um, Dutch Indonesian. Mm -hmm. And his father is Dutch um, and also like German Jewish ancestry ancestry mixed in there. So like he has like very distinct identities. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think for many people who didn't know, it was a bit of a surprise. Right. But, you know, he talks about the fact that his mother is Asian. And I think we have a clip for that, right? Yeah. Did you, did you know that my mother, and I, I'm saying this as if like I'm excited about this, but my mother is Asian. My mother is from Indonesia. She's from Indonesia. She's from Indonesia. My mother is this tiny little Indonesian woman. And, yeah. you know, it's, yeah. Oh. Little people, people don't know that Zach Morris yeah. is half so Asian. So even though on mixed dish, you know, his look is not very flattering. I want to go back to pitch. Uh, there was, <laughs> don't we all, mate? <laughs> there was an episode in which... Um, Jenny Baker was concerned that some photos were uh, of her were about to be leaked. When she was in a previous relationship, she had sent her boyfriend at the time some pictures. His phone was hacked and whoever hacked the phone was, you know, threatening to do what people do when they mm-hmm. hack your phone. Um, and so her team decided to help her get in front of it. They are going to pose nude. So all of these beautiful, mm. fit, gorgeous men... <laughs> that was a good episode pose nude but I, I don't know if it was the exactly I don't know if they used a Sports Illustrated news is, nude issue as as the cover but it was something like that I believe it was what I love about that episode again is like this idea of an ensemble it's a team all mm-hmm. coming together and I think part of the reason is again he's the captain he's taking a very kind of like definitive stance to support his you know their rookie yeah. player Yeah, and it just so happens of course that <laughs> deep down he's falling in love with them and that's neither <laughs> here nor there um, but the result of that is basically, like Nicole said, a a parade of really remarkably built people, you know, people who are athletes and have, you know, specific uh attributes at this point. And of Ginny all looks sizes great. All and sizes, shapes. all shapes, different colours. Everyone's just glistening. Like everyone's got like that baby yes, oil situation. They oil them up. They oil them up <laughs> and then they put them in like fucking artful shadows and you're like, what's yes, going on there? Right. Like I've never felt pervier. And I was like, I don't even know what baseball is, but I'm into this. <laughs> is this the sport? This is and, what we do? Yes. And Mark Paul has a one pose where, you know, he's got one leg up so you don't see all the personal business, but you see. <laughs> Sorry, the what now? The, the personal business. <laughs> Your voice went three octaves deeper. The personal business. I mean, 
Ooh. Wow. I know. And if you look, actually, his pose mirrors Ginny's pose. Yes. And in my head, all I can think is, mm, because they're meant to be. See? Oh, my God. Storytelling. I love it. <laughs> so that's where I'm at currently. Well, all right. Time to go have a shower, I suppose. <laughs> Take me to the pitch locker room. So once again, Nicole, we have reached uh, <laughs> the point of the thirsting proceedings where we <laughs> where we arguably compete. But are we competing? It's not a competition. I mean, technically, yes. <laughs> she said but, with the confidence of a winner. Technically, no, I just, it wouldn't be a competition, Ben, because I kill you every week. No, no, no. I no, mean, I know, technically, I know. because, you know, we're calling them wars yes. and we have people vote. Yes. It has all the hallmarks <laughs> right. of a competition. But there is no actual prize. No, there really isn't. The prize is just the joy of thirst right. that we share with the listeners, who also, by the way, send us drabbles. So, yeah, this is a quick reminder to send us your drabbles. Mm-hmm. We will read them. We will blush, we will cringe, and we might even read one on the air. So, yeah, send them, by the way, to Thirst Aid Kit. Yeah, to thirstaidkit at slate.com. Beautiful. Um, in the meantime, we have a couple of travels for today, starring <laughs> this week's uh, Thirst Object, Mr. Mark Paul Gosselaar, who you may have heard in the previous uh, bits, uh, has uh, the beard of a mountain man. And the thighs of his uh, strong cousin. So we're all into this. This is uh, this is solid. Um, okay, so this week we're going on two new adventures <laughs> <sighs> with Mark Paul Gosselaar. Uh, you may recall, listeners, uh, OG listeners might know that I once wrote a very short drabble about Mark Paul Gosselaar back in our very first go at Thursday Kit. Right, on our episode called uh, Back to Basics. Back to Basics. And that's B-A-E. <laughs> S-I-C-S. We are nothing if not poets. Um, <laughs> shout out to our beautiful naming and spelling conventions. Yes. Um, but yeah, we'll put that on our Tumblr so you can go and find that original episode and maybe relive some of the joy of us uh, making that. But this this week, we've both written two uh, separate stories. Mm-hmm. Do you want to go first, Nicole, or shall I? Sure, I can go first. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> you said that in such a measured church, like deaconess voice. Sure, I can bring the offering plate to the front of the church. <laughs> Go right ahead, Nicole. I'm ready. I'm braced. I'm ready. With my face hot from too many emotions for public, I found what I thought was a quiet part of the rooftop, away from the rest of the party, and lit up. I heard a step and rolled my eyes, thinking I knew who it was. Hi, I'm Mark Paul. You know you shouldn't be smoking that, right? His beard was lush and well-groomed and made me think of nights in front of a fireplace, but he was still a stranger. Hi, Mark Paul. You know you shouldn't talk to women alone in the dark, right? Touche, he returned. He pulled out his own hand-rolled cigarette, twisted at the end, and lit up. He leaned against the building's brick wall. The smell of something definitely not tobacco mingled with that of mine. His smelled even better. I gave him incredulous eyes. Peer pressure, he answered my silent what the fuck, then winked at me. Oh no, it was a good wink. He faced away from me, exhaling before he spoke again. So there was an angry guy on his way to follow you, but someone accidentally spilled a drink on him. He let the words punch through the cloud of smoke. I turned to him more fully, surprised. He stubbed out his joint against the wall, looked over my face as if making sure I was okay, tipped an imaginary hat to me, and walked away. Uh, What a perfect gentleman. (laughs) A consummate gentleman. See, that's what, you know, when we talked about 
Like he has all of the markers of everything that you're supposed to like, but you're like, no, uh-huh. I don't, I won't, don't want to like this. And then he does something that's like, oh uh, wow, yeah. Mm-hmm. Let me drink some I'm, water. I'm, I want to hear what yours is. Listen, your travel. it's it is what it is. Oh boy. <laughs> <laughs> I will say this, Nicole. Mm-hmm. I um, I also mentioned his beard. Oh well, of course, yeah. <laughs> you have to. <laughs> you said that we're just like, yeah. Well, naturally, yeah. <laughs> No one would blame you, Bim. No mm. jury would convict. You're completely correct. Mm. I've situated us at this point at a sort of a, a fan convention. Mm. Okay, so, okay. So, you know, I hope you like it, Nicole. Yeah, this I'm is ready. all for you. The oh. words of Janet Jackson. Thank you. Okay. Mark Paul pushed his head into the soft leather headrest and exhaled lustily. His eyes were closed when he inched his hand across the heated seats and his fingers found mine before squeezing. Long day. I reached across his chest to pull on his Comic-Con lanyard. He'd been attending these for literally decades, but he still faithfully wore his ID badges like they were precious. He smiled, eyes still closed, lips peeking out more fully from his beard, grown to allow him to move through life more incognito, but also at my insistence. The best kind of long day, he murmured. His voice was rough from overuse, a day of constant talking, of bigging up his new show, of being on for press and fans alike. And though I never liked to see him this drained, an involuntary curl of pleasure unfurled in my belly. His voice was a good sound. After a beat, Mark Paul let go of my hand, only to draw me closer, his whole arm wrapped around my waist, pulling me till I was flush at his side. I smoothed my hand over his hair, pushing it back from his face, and was rewarded with him finally opening his eyes. The exhaustion had given them a dull tint, but they were warming up again, starting to glitter now. He smiled down at me, head lolling almost drunkenly. His grip tightened, and his eyes sharpened. What do you want to do tonight, I asked him, dropping my gaze to his beard, following the action with my fingers a moment later. I don't know, he replied with a wink. What do you want to do? I have some suggestions for (laughs) what could happen. Don't we all, friend? Don't we all? I mean, we have the beard and a wink. And a wink. Look at that. Look. Our minds once again moving as one. Yes. I'm so proud of us. Oh, my gosh. That was really nice. Thank you. Thank Mm. you. Yeah. I felt some feelings when I was writing it. I was like, yeah, yeah. He'd be tired, but not for long. I'm so sorry. I'm sorry. Mother, Damn. turn off the radio. Mother, stop. I just really fancy him, Nicole. I'm sorry. Yes. I, yeah, no, I feel you. I'm feeling away this week. And Mark yeah. Paul is getting it. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm so sorry. He's a family man and I respect you and your partner. Right, right. But sometimes, man. I oof. mean, that's that's what we're here to do. Yes. Just, you know, fantasy life mm-hmm. is okay. Thank you. Thank you so much for the reassurance. <laughs> I really need that this week. Anyway. Yes. You can pick your favorite Drabble. We're going to allow it to kind of sit on your chest for like a day. Mm-hmm. And then we're going to put up a poll on our Twitter, uh, which is Thursday. First aid kit, mm-hmm. and uh, yeah, we'll uh, we'll leave that up for twenty four hours, and you can you can vote and see see where it you know see how you feel. Let it let it let it sit with you, and then pick pick your favorite MPG. And uh, like we said, nobody loses. Right, we're all winners. Right, you know, we're in this together. <laughs> we really are, you know. <laughs>
Thursday Kit is a Slate production produced by Cher Vincent and us, Nicole Perkins and Bim Adelunmi. Our music is by Tanya Morgan. You can follow the show on Twitter at First Aid Kit, and we are at Bimadew, that's B-I-M-A-D-E-W, and Tennessee Whiskey Woman, that's Whiskey with an E. Plus, we're on Tumblr. Shout out to our OG Thirst Buckets who keep sending those messages. We appreciate you. And that is at firstaidkitpodcast.tumblr.com. You can also send us questions and, you know, thirsty thoughts. Also, please send us your drabbles. We love reading what our Thirst Buckets are thinking about. But remember to please keep it short and we might read yours on the air. So please include your pronouns when you send us your drabbles that are short, short, (laughs) short. Send them to ThursdayKit at Slate.com. We appreciate when you show us love. uh, So please continue to show us that love by heading on over to Apple Podcasts and leave us a review and a star rating. I know it's annoying that we keep asking, but it really helps other people find us. And we always really appreciate five stars. Thank you. Please thirst responsibly. We are not responsible for your listening accidents. And we will laugh when you report your injuries after making sure that you're okay. (laughs) (laughs) In the meantime, stay thirsty. Mark Paul pushed his head into... I'll say that again, sorry. (coughs) (laughs) Bim, you don't normally do that. (laughs) You lot are mad.